We've already had church, folks. <laughs> wow. God is so faithful. He is so good. Amen. I, uh, you know, I, I knew it was going to be good right from the start. You know, Joe takes off and he reads my text. <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't coordinate and do all those kinds of things. We just, but we trust the Holy Spirit to choreograph. That's what happens. That if, if, we're, if we're truly listening and, and following him in that, um, it, it really is what Paul talked about in Galatians. That, uh, that he that, that is working those miracles among us, he's choreographing the service, our time together. And, and so I just want to help. I just pray that your heart will just stay engaged in that and just, just press into that. I, I sense that there's some folks that really need a breakthrough in their life today. And uh, whether it's right here, whether it's live stream, I mean, uh, <laughs> we were in the back and, and just talking and, and said, yeah, you know, um, um, I forget, maybe, maybe it was Daniel that, that said, we have no idea who all is watching. I mean, I just preached Thursday to Pakistan Amen. via internet. <laughs> I never left Fort Worth, but via, via internet, we preached to Pakistan, and um, we, we really feel it, it, it was to thousands. And, uh, you know, Pakistan's, you know, they say only 2%. But uh, talking to an individual who has a large church and ministry over there, he said the real number is probably closer to 5% Christian now. Come on, we're making movement. <laughs> and, uh, but we were back there talking. It's like, who knows who's listening? And I said, yeah, maybe Pakistan. They may have wanted posters up already. <laughs> Watch for this guy if he shows up. <laughs> so that's all right too, Amen. God is so good. Um, we, you know, I just want to flow into this, into the service, but I, I, I just want to honor what, what I feel like the Holy Spirit is doing here. And I'm always offering that opportunity that if, if, if the Spirit of God wants to shift or do something different or, you know, this is his deal. You know, we're just, we're just stewarding that and, and um, you know, but, but uh, at any given time, I just, I sense that there could just be a, a, just a real breakout. Amen? And, uh, and we're okay with that. You know, a lot of people get all nervous about that. You know, I, I, I fellowship with quite a few Baptists, and they're, they're always a little concerned that it might get a little out of control. You know, that's all right. <laughs> we, uh, we're seeing God do so many amazing things. I know that... Uh, Daniel and, and uh, his crew, they're up in, in Arlington, and, and uh, some others, I think, are, are out and about, and, and uh, they're, they're at the campus there um, with uh, Pastor Lane. They're doing great. Church is growing, and uh, we're continuing to look for the future and other expansions and things, and, and it's not just with our church. I, I hope you understand. I know that I rotate in. I preach one time, one Sunday a month here, one time, one Sunday a month in Arlington. But I'm involved. I'm I'm actually helping five other young pastors that uh, I feel like are coming behind me, and and they're all growing, developing. Uh, some of them are doing much greater things than what I've ever even thought about doing, and just trying to be there to support and encourage them. Be a Barnabas, Amen, and just uh, come alongside and encourage and help someone else, and that's all right. I feel like I'm, you know, I still got lots in me. I'm not 
planning to go anywhere, but I did hit 60, you know, this past year. So I'm, I'm looking at, at uh, you know, this latter stretch and what God has for me. And so with some of those pastors and then with some of our missions work, missionaries and things, um, God, is, God has got us stretched and doing some things. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things Abel was talking to me. He's like, pastor, he's like you, I thought you were going to try and, try and, 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 uh, slow down a little bit. Says it's like you, you passed off and now you've, you've got more. <laughs> That's all right. Amen. Some point in time, we're all going to stand before Jesus. And it's not about what we've accomplished and what we've done in our own power might, what we've been able to accumulate or any of those kinds of things. But it really should be and is going to be about what have we done that he asked us to do. And that's the bottom line. And I want to be obedient to that. I want to be faithful to that. Amen. So I pray that that just, yeah, gets, gets all over you. So keep us in prayer as we, as we look forward to where we're going and what, what God's doing. We've got our construction build out over here happening. I know that we, we finished up the, the daycare side and and we've, we maxed it at 150 kids, and, and we're licensed for a lot more than that, and we've got a big wait list, but we need, we need more faithful individuals to step into that to help support Miss Kathy over here. Why don't you just, just stand up and just wave at everybody. I need everybody to just, this, this woman of God is a powerhouse, and she's, she's taking care of so many of those kids over there. And uh, we could do more if she had more faithful workers. And so looking for that. But we're, we're building out the junior high, getting that done so that we don't box ourselves in because we've got a sanctuary coming over there. Amen. Oh, yeah. I know we're here in this multipurpose area, and we've done multipurpose, you know, for, you know, a long time. But, uh, but we, we do have a sanctuary in the plans, and uh, at some point in time, that will be coming. If you, hey, we got building stuff going. I had one of our business guys, oh, you got to get this. I had one of our business guys one time said, Pastor, would you start another, start another project? He said, every time you start building something, I start giving to it. It's like my business just explodes with, with just new growth. <laughs> we have an opportunity if some of you want to sow into that. We're still expanding, amen? All right. Well, this morning in John's Gospel, chapter 4, I want to talk to you today about worship from the heart. And I feel like we experienced that. Man, Joe, Josh, y'all did. Wow, the whole team. Woo, man. That's awesome. And uh, we've got some movement, some things are happening. I mean, if you missed last Sunday's message from Pastor David Taylor, you need to go back. What a word. That was just awesome. Anointed. Amen. I, man, I, I, I just sensed a new level in that. Amen. So, but, uh, th- you know, this morning I want to I talk to you about this has really, really been stirring in me. And it's interesting. I was, I was in prayer again this morning going over this. And I, and I was like, okay, Lord, you know, is this the word? Because I had some other things that, that, that are kind of pressing and, and that I could have went with and and, um, and so um, I reached over. There was this magazine laying there on the table. I hadn't even looked at it. And uh, Pastor Tom Lane from Gateway is on the cover of it. You know, it's a new, I guess, uh, magazine that's, that's being pushed out. And, and uh, somebody had dropped it there. And, and I picked it up. 
And I, and I looked in there, and I, and I saw where Mark Harris, you know, the, the worship pastor from Gateway, had an article in there, opened it up, <laughs> and it was worship from the heart. <laughs> that worship is not about what we do in so many of the things that we think about. Now, if you, if you watched me in worship, I'm lifting my hands, I'm shouting, I'm bowing, I'm kneeling. I'm, hey, it's, I'm, I'm all in. So I'm not, I'm not downing that. But his whole article said it's not about what we do in those things. It's about your heart's position. What are you doing from your heart? And, and so I want us to look at this because, you know, and I'm not going to go into the whole story because it, for just sake of time this morning, but, but when you look at this passage of Scripture with this lady that Jesus is there at the well with, and, and most of us probably already heard this, listened to this story. If you haven't, please read your Bible. <laughs> John chapter 4. And as he's there, his disciples had gone away to get food, and he's there with this, this lady that showed up. And he starts this conversation there in verse 19, and the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. <laughs> Joe read it this morning. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And so I want to I just kind of look at this, because the reality is, as you, and if you continue to follow this, you see the, the actual results of this, this dialogue and this conversation that Jesus is having as he reaches the heart of this woman. It wasn't about just intellectually, theologically reaching her head and trying to create some kind of of you know theological discussion that in her intellect was able to convert her to Judaism. That's not what Jesus was about. Jesus was trying to reach the heart. And you see the outcome of that when it impacted her and so much so that she goes, she tells, she goes to her, to her village and, and uh, tells all the men. <laughs> I can only imagine, you know, because if you really follow this story, more than likely she was a prostitute. And she tells all the men, this man told me everything I've been doing. And they're probably going, uh-oh, did he know our names too? <laughs> and, uh, and so they all showed up to find out. And then Jesus starts ministering to them. 
And so much so that it reached their heart, and they had to say to the woman at the end, we now believe not because of the words that you spoke to us, but because of the words that we heard from him. It reached the heart. And God is about reaching the heart. And so, and it's about a heart transformation. You know, throughout Scripture, you know, at least in, in, uh, and I know that there's a lot of different um, usages of the word heart, you know, from within the Hebrew, within the Greek language, you know, and the translation that happens into our English. And so they don't all mean the exact same thing. They, they have some variations, but... But to just so show some of the significance of this, the Bible has 836 references. If you just do a concordance reference on it, in the New King James, 836 references to the word heart. I'd say it's significant. God is after the heart. And when you dive into the actual Greek in this, and you, you'll see this in some other places, when, when we talk about the, this this word heart, I want you to think about it in this way, is the heart of the individual touches both spirit and soul. And so for, for those of us that are born again, our, our inner man, our spirit man on the inside has been made alive has been quickened by the Holy Spirit. Resurrection power has come back on the inside. Where Adam, his spirit had digressed to where he broke fellowship with God, he, his spirit, it, he didn't fall over dead. Remember? God spoke to him and said, the, the day you eat of this fruit, if you do this, you'll die. They didn't fall over dead, but it released a curse in the earth, and man's spirit man didn't cease to exist, but it regressed and it had no ability to fellowship with God like God intended. Because from the beginning of time, God made, he created man as a, as a spirit being. Yes, he formed later an earth suit and breathed into that earth suit, placing Adam in the earth suit so that he could function in the natural realm. This is all before the fall. And then from that place, he takes woman out of Adam's side and creates his helpmeet to, to be there, to run this race together. But when they, when they failed and when sin came in, they stopped being what God had originally intended. So Jesus comes to restore that through the death, burial, and resurrection and the, and the release of the, of the Holy Spirit to regenerate man, to where our spirit man comes alive. Well, now, before that, the seat of man's soul on the outward man that is visible, your personality of who you are, is there. And on the throne of our heart is, was us. And then when you bow your knee to Jesus to make him Lord and master, ruler of your life, you are no longer saying, I'm on the throne. You're putting him on the throne of your heart, and in that place, your spirit man comes alive, and now the heart is the seat of man with the throne, and Jesus 
desires to sit upon that throne. On every human being. And so now it's about us learning to allow for, from the heart, to learn how to walk in the Spirit, how to live in the Spirit, how to, how to, how to do those, those spiritual things that God has for us. See, see, most of us in our past, especially before life, you know, I, I, lived, a, I lived a lot of days as a, as a sinner, and I was good at it until <laughs> I was about 22 years old. And, and so in those days, I lived in the natural realm with natural things and from a soulish place of selfishness. Now, when you get born again, there's, there is a transformation that, that happens and your spirit man comes alive, but the reality is we are still a work in progress. <laughs> Come on, how many of you know that, that, that uh, your, your teenager can be born again, but there's still some selfishness there? <laughs> Come on, how, how many of you got a husband and a wife? You know they're, they love Jesus, they're saved, but... Now, don't be looking around, look up here. Don't be, no elbows. <laughs> so this, this area, we're still a work in progress. It's not like we've arrived Listen, if the Apostle Paul at the end of his life is still talking about that he's having a press, <laughs> he's, still, he's still in development, he's not attained, he hasn't arrived, come on, how many of you know that we still got some work to do? God's still at work on us. He's the potter, we're the clay. There is things that are still being worked out of us and some things that are being worked into us. That's the reality. And if we'll understand this, this process, then we can, in a greater and fuller way, embrace that. See, I, I'll never, see, this is about life transformation, not behavior modification. I had religious upbringing. I had all the do's and don'ts and all the, all the behavior modification, but there was no power in it. It wasn't until when I said yes to Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit was manifest and I was translated from darkness to light, my spirit man was born again. Only in that place was there now power being transformed. They told me that I couldn't mention Islam or any of the other religions when I was preaching to Pakistan. I was like, that's all right, man. All, all I got to do is talk about this Jesus who is not about re religion, not about behavior modification, but a transformation from within because the, they, none of the other religions can give you that. Buddhism still shows up and wonders whether or not they're going to be in hell or not. They don't know. Muhammad, he's dead. Jesus is alive. Jesus is Lord of lords and King of kings. And he's still transforming lives. In that moment, in that night, in my bedroom, I didn't go to church. I was reading my Bible and crying out to God. And there was transformation that took place. 
And the old Walt Landers went into a grave, if you will, and I was on the other side in resurrection life. I didn't quit doing all those things I was trying to quit. Believe me, I was trying. It wasn't like I quit something, no. My want to changed, and I was set free from the power of sin. So the first part of worship is about the heart getting transformation to take place. I'll give you the scripture here in Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart. This is the prophet is speaking forth of what would take place when Jesus would come and pay the price and send forth the Holy Spirit. He said, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk, look at this, and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Before, I couldn't, I had no power to do those things. I was religious. I, had, I knew what the do's and don'ts were. I just enjoyed the a whole lot more for the flesh. But none of it ever satisfied. Stop thinking that somehow the worldly attractions and what the world offers and what they're producing out of Hollywood and the kind of images and the kind of things, they, they want us to believe that somehow God's holding out on us. Now, is there sin for a pleasure? In, in, yeah. Uh, is there pleasure in sin for a season? Yeah. I mean, the, the writer of Hebrews talks about that. But the end of that, it will never satisfy. But there is one who will satisfy. There is one who will give you the life of his very spirit to live in you and through you, and your, your whole world can be changed See, but we've got to stop approaching this from, from a place of showing up on a Sunday to worship God, and then we go out of here, and we, we, we don't really understand that. See, true biblical worship is not about an event. True biblical worship is about a transformed heart where your life exemplifies worship. It's about the character of who you are as a believer, as a Christ follower. And that should show up everywhere you go. If, they, if somehow you walk out of here and you show up at work on Sunday and you're different than you were on, or on Monday and you're different than you showed up here on Sunday, we got a problem. Somewhere there's got to be a connectivity in our life is an expression of God. That's true worship. That's true worship. So that he's being honored, he's being glorified in every aspect of our lives. So it's about this transforming power. Secondly, it's about a proper heart care. You are what you eat. We all are. <laughs> Joanne, we've, we've been having this discussion you know, I, I, got, I got two daughters getting married this year. So, that, you know, they're, they're talking about, you know, 
uh, you know, suits and tux and, and I don't know what all they're going to want me to, you know, what monkey suit they're going to put me in, but, <laughs> you know, and, and then they're, they're like, and dad, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, come on, they just take measurements, right? <laughs> they're like, we'd like you to kind of size down here a little bit for the pictures, you know, and. And uh, so Joy and I, we've been talking, and, and we're seeing some, some folks that are having great results, you know, with, you know, losing some weight and different things. And it's like, but the other part of that, they're talking about all this healthy stuff that they're having to eat. <laughs> but I realize I am what I eat. <laughs> but, man, that chicken fry sure is good. <laughs> Spiritually, we are what we eat, what we feast on, what we do. You know, Proverbs gives us this statement here in Proverbs chapter 4, 23. It says, keep your heart, keep your heart with all diligence. Remember, diligence scripturally is to make every effort. Keep your heart with every effort. For out of it springs the issues of life. The New Living, I love the way it says, it determines the course of your life. Keeping your heart. Keeping your heart. The core of your being. Making sure that, it is, that, it, that Jesus is on the throne. In the, at the throne of your heart of who you are. That any time you are faced with that moment, that, that temptation of getting selfish, of yielding to the soulish side of you, and living for yourself and what you can get out of life, you've got to bow your knee. You've got to say no to those things, no to the flesh, no to the temptation, and make sure that we're saying yes to Jesus. Something happens in that place when we're able to keep that. And to be able to do that, I mean, I, I've talked about it. You know, we, we, we you know, talk about Sabbath rest. Talk about not just working ourselves, work, 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 work. And, and you, you'll run yourself down. You'll get in a place in you, your life. You'll, you'll end up in a place where you, you become susceptible to the enemy because you just run down. Don't allow yourself to go into that place of depression. Come on, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. you you got to fight in the right way spiritually to keep yourself in a healthy place. you got to make sure that you're putting the right diet, getting the Word of God on the inside of you. And so it's there when it's needed. Just, just the normal, regular devotion time on a daily basis. But that weekly you know, rest, day of rest and, and Sabbath. And then, you know, for, again, for this year, remember, it's a, it's a Shemitah year. This is in the Jewish calendar, the year when they're allowing for the crops, to, with no crops, to rest. What are they doing in that, though? It doesn't mean that those crops aren't, that they're not working them, that they're not preparing them. No, they're doing all of that. They're working for the next six years of harvest but it's, a, it's, a, it's preparedness. And if you can capture that picture, 
then all of a sudden, even for us in this season, in this time, I've tried to exhort us that we press into God in a fuller way to make sure that we're taking in and allowing for refreshing, allowing for the, the, uh, the fallow ground to get broken up, allowing for, for God to, to maybe go deeper in our lives spiritually to prepare us for what he wants to do in our future. It's important. I, I've, I've just tried to think in terms like, okay, for instance, okay, this week coming up, we're, we're part of Gateway Network, and we're going to take some of our pastors, pastoral staff, and we're going we're gonna to be there in the learning community that they offer us as being a part of their network, and they, they focus on all kinds of different things, but this learning community is on soul care. On soul care. Helping us to embrace that personally and get that working in our culture of who we are. When, when Joanne and I, you know, we were out with Jesus culture, you know, out there with uh, Pastor Banning, you know, Leapshire, and, and during that conference, and man, we were there to just soak it up, take it all in. <laughs> I, I was there, I was at a place, man, I'm like, if somebody... If somebody misses a meal, I'm going to get theirs too. Come on, somebody need to get that. <laughs> Spiritually, I was just pressing in. I want what God has for me. If you don't want yours, I'll get it too. <laughs> just messing with you. I want you to have yours. God's got an abundance. But I, I just was full on. I was pressing into that. I wanted to receive what God had for me. I feel like that, 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 you know, recently, you know, Prophet Ed Trout being in here and, and doing some ministry, and we're going to have him, looks like, again, and, and just to continue that. And, and, man, we were soaking it up. I just, I feel like that this past time, there's some things shifting and tipping and happening for us, and I think that, that the Prophet was, was breaking through some things, some areas, There's, there's different ways and different things that you can do. Men, whiz, women, uh, you know, as couples, different things to do to be able to find ways to refill, to fill up your love tank, to fill up with all that God has for you spiritually. And I just, I just want to emphasize that. Again, worship is not about the kneeling and the raising the hands or any of those other kinds of things. Now, will you do that? Yeah, I believe but you will, but it will be out of a, an expression from the position of your heart that is sold out to him. When you think about it, think about like, like Roman, or 1 Corinthians 13 talks about in the love chapter. It says you can do all these things. You can give to the poor. You can sacrifice. You can do all those things. But without love, I mean, those are, the, the list there is a pretty, it's, it's good stuff. But he goes to the heart of it. But without love, just a lot of noise. What's that look like? Let me finish with this. Because the last thing I want to talk to you about is for worship, We've got to keep love alive because it really comes down to this. 
beautiful passage of Scripture here in Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, in verse 29. That the, the scribes, the Pharisees, the, the, those, the rabbis, they had come to Jesus, and one of them had, had asked him, what was the greatest commandment? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your, come on, say it loud, with all your, it's about the heart. With all your heart, with all your soul, the suke, your personality, the makeup of the hidden man. With all your mind. Folks, this has to do with your deep intellect and your imagination. God wants you to find those quiet places at times and to move into a place to begin to have thoughts of your future and and worshiping God with that so that your future is anchored in Him. What is His purpose for your life? What is destiny for you? What does that journey look like? And you begin to give yourself, even in in imagination, some of you need to be imagining going on the mission field with Global Ventures this summer. Preaching the gospel, reaching people. Some of you need to be imagining what you're doing and being able to lead, leading your neighbor to Jesus. You need to see it. To be able to see that loved one return back and turn and get back uh, to, to serving and living for God. Some of you need to use your imagination. God gave it to us for a reason. It's in the book for a reason. He said to love him with that as well. Your mind, your imagination, and your strength, the capacity of who you are with, with everything about your life to persevere in this. God's looking for, for us to use all of us to worship Him. And that love, look, well, look what else he, he says there. He says, and then the second... That's the first. But the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. To love your neighbor as yourself. And you can't love your neighbor properly if you don't love you. You've got to get that settled. See, all of this aspect of the position of the heart the reason why I started with transformation because it only gives us the capacity to love properly from the God kind of love see I can love God because he first loved me see I I try and separate this in in my mind because of the need for, for those that are in need of salvation See, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but do you ever get challenged having to love someone that maybe you don't want to love? I mean, I was, you know, I was a, a little bit there, you know, with Pakistan. You know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to preach the gospel to Pakistan, you know, with, and a bunch of those, you know, I mean, they were, they were involved in 9-11. There was, I, I was like, can I, can I preach hellfire and brimstone? <laughs> no, it's about the love of God. And in a moment... Just like Saul of Tarsus was changed. In a moment, Walt Landers was changed. What I used to be, I was no longer. 
in a moment. It doesn't matter where you're at and what you're struggling with, what you're dealing with. And, the, and so many times I have, to, I have to just realize in rationale this is the only difference is I have been touched and marked by the love of God that has made me different. They just hadn't experienced that yet. They're still a sinner because they're, they're still sinning because they are a sinner. But they too, in a moment, could experience transformation. And that love of God comes on the inside of us, and, and all of a sudden, it, it's an expression. See, some of the greatest way that I think that, that you just need to realize, if you're worshiping God, especially, let me, let me clarify this, on a Sunday, you know how you can worship God? Not just by showing up and standing there, and definitely don't be a spectator. This isn't a concert. This is about this team leading us into the throne room. Thank God it's with excellence and it's powerful. But it's not about just putting on in, in performance. It's not about you just showing up and being a spectator and just seeing a performance. No, this is about heartfelt direction of, of worship in this. If you want to worship God, you know what? Show up in the nursery. Oh, got quiet now. I didn't get an amen. You want to worship God? Show up up in children's church. Talk to Pastor Mike. You want to show up? You want to worship God? Talk to him about ushering. You want to worship God? Be a greeter out there and let somebody that's walking through those doors that may look like they, they're not sure about all this hugging stuff and what, what's going on here. With the very things that we do, loving God is loving others. And some of the greatest things that we could do to honor, to worship God is to give ourselves to, to help others, to minister this love that we have experienced to allow it to flow through us and to carry it from this place into our sphere of influence wherever that is you'll go places that I'll not go you'll go places where Pastor David won't go you have been assigned to go to those places where is that and when you find that place declare that as holy ground as a place of worship for you to let your light shine, to be the love of God to those that are in that place. That's what this is about. Worship is a position of the heart. And if your heart is right, it's amazing how all the other things flowing out of you, just like, just like Wayne was talking about on the cruise ship. Well, he's on vacation. You think the Holy Spirit was on vacation? Well, kind of. He was with him. But it didn't turn off. Stop showing up at church and wanting to turn something on and then leave and then turn it off. Till next week. Let Jesus flow through you. With his great love. He paid an incredible price. Incredible price. 
This is the way of the kingdom. It's about our lives not being our own. But like Paul wrote there in Romans 12, to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Him, which is our reasonable service. It's the most sane thing you can do to offer yourself to allow Him to move through you. Some of you right here, I believe God's doing something. I want to ask you just to, just to bow your heads just for a moment. Some of you may need to say, Jesus, be the Lord and Master of my life. It may be for the very first time, and right here as you do that, there's going to be a life-transforming happening that takes place in your life. Some of you, you've been born again, but you've been living out of that selfish side of your heart. You've removed Jesus from being on the throne, and you've taken up place again, and you're living your life for yourself. But today, you're hearing, you're hearing this calling, this desire for you to just to just step off that place and just say, Jesus, take your rightful place. Just do that. Rededicate your life right here in this moment. Just declare Him, Lord, Master. There's some great things I sense. I sense right here that there's someone you thought you were moving into retirement. And, and in ways you still will, but, but God's assigning you to be a part of the, the team even here at this church. And you, you're not sure how to, how to get there, how to do that, but I just, I just have a word for you in that that you, you're going to have to, you need to talk to leadership. You're just going to have to say, here's, here's something stirring, use me, whatever you need, and just get Take that step in place to serve, to be involved. Let God do that. But you, you can't just keep sitting there hoping somebody's just going to finally just show up. I just sense God's pulling on you to engage. God's not done with you. You need to hear that God's not done with you. God, we just thank you. This is a holy moment right here. We just thank you for the great work that you're at work doing in hearts and lives. I sense households are going to shift. There's, I know that this is, this is February and a, a lot of Valentines, a lot of focus on this, but I, I sense right here what 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 maybe a, a an event, a retreat, a date night couldn't do, right here in the presence of God, God's gonna fix some things. God's gonna shift some things right here. And we just want to say yes. God, put some marriages back where they need to be. Restore some households. Lord, we thank you for that. Oh, just reach out, embrace that. If that's you, you know. If that's you, just embrace that. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Let's stand to our feet.
going to invite some to of our ministry team to make themselves available. And if you're in need of prayer, we want to we we just want you to receive prayer before you leave this place today. You know the ultimate example from that passage when that woman met and had that encounter with Jesus. It's obvious that love transformed her. It wasn't condemnation. I mean, his disciples show back up and they're like, oh my goodness, this is a PR disaster. What's Jesus doing? What's he thinking? He's talking to this woman. (laughs) A Samaritan woman at that. (laughs) And the impact that she had I I wish we knew the rest of the legacy of that. And some of you need to understand that. Boy, I sense this so strong. You know, they've done some research on legacy of what happens if someone sells out to God. There's been been some some Christian universities that have tracked some different people that, that have done that, like a Jonathan Edwards that five generations down, about 1,200, and the, the impact that that man of God had. I believe he was, what, president of Princeton University? But in the generations, those five generations, the incredible, I mean, like, I don't know, I can't remember all the figures on that, but the amount of congressmen and senators and, and uh, presidents of universities and military, you know, uh, you know, individuals, you know, high up ranking. I mean, the impact of, of a man of God. And then they've studied some others that had given themselves to wickedness and the generational demise that happened in those generations. And some of you may may have some concern. Maybe you hadn't lived for God the way you needed to. And you're here today. You're hearing that. You're going, man, I wish that could be so. I believe it can turn. I don't care where you're at in life's journey. Right here. One person to say yes to Jesus. To go all in, all out. Like Jonathan Edwards did. And then generationally, what can happen? See, this is so much more than just about you. Now, Jesus made it about you. But he made it generationally, what, what is coming behind us. I sense that's, that's for someone here this morning. And you're going to see some incredible things. But you will not see the continuation of those things until on the other side. Because you're going to put some things in motion generationally where legacy is happening. Let's just commit ourselves to Him this morning. Father, we just thank You. God, we say yes to You. And Lord, we just want all those things that you have for us. And right here, God, for these, even these words, God, these, these words, I believe in due season that some are just receiving that today as even their own word. And, and Father, that you just, you just cause that thing to come alive and begin to be manifest. And, and Lord, transforming for their own hearts and lives, but even generationally, God. 
of what's going to happen. And Father, we thank you for it. We bless you in Jesus' name.